Yeah, you know who it is. It's your favorite Analog Jackson podcast. We here. It's recorded day after the Super Bowl. First and foremost, fuck the Patriots. What happened was supposed to happen. God bless America. It was a win for America. Straight up and down. Um, shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. Doing what they did. Doing what was supposed to be done. Feel like motherfucking the evil empire has been defeated. Tom Brady, I hope you ate a half a bag of fucking almonds. Because you were so angry last night. Nonetheless, we right back at it. Back recording. Uh, we ready too, man. You know what I'm saying? So, let's jump on into this episode. I really don't have a title for these. These are some that um I got written. Kind of in outline form. But I know where I'm going with them. Um, so... This is going to be part of the Karma series. And this is just Karma 1, just so I can mark it from a file standpoint. But the time frame we're going to go back to is going to be about 2003. Yeah, I'm going to say 2003. I'm in college. I'm probably, I think this is my junior year. This is probably spring, my junior year. Maybe, uh spring something like that yeah um and i know it was because i'm still working for a certain organization so you know at this time i'm in i guess somewhat of a relationship she's faithful i'm really not you know what i'm saying um it was somebody that i met while i was working um and you know what I'm saying it, it was it was it was a relationship that you know was was convenient for both of us. Uh, she was, you know, a kind of different from what I had, you know, been dealing with, but kind of similar. Um, this is kind of in the midst. I guess I'm gonna say yeah. This was in the midst of my very shallow phase where. You know, I was going at body and framework over, you know, face and beauty. You know what I'm saying? Still had to have some type of mind, but I was more so, I was more so caught up in the ass. Um, you know, and, and if you pay attention and listen, um, during this period of self-discovery, I had discovered that, you know, there were certain things that I enjoyed. I enjoyed, you know, doing. I enjoyed having done to me. One of my things was eating ass, um, and, and and I had gotten pretty deliberate about some of my practices, where I would start off uh, in the shower with a woman, you know, uh, make sure we showering together, uh, make sure we're um, lathering each other up, you know, so we can get areas clean. But making sure that we use this as foreplay, number one. And, and I don't know if a lot of good dudes at that age, in that point in their sexual careers, were focusing on that. But I had kind of gotten into that. And number two, 
also I was going to make sure where I was going to be playing it was going to be right and it was just something different you know I was at, I was at a time in my life where you know um, I feel like in college women are a little more sexually liberated some women really start their sexual exploration um, some women expand beyond what they have been doing in college, high school and get you know a little bit more uh, for me I just kind of explored with different you know, types of women, different personalities. But for, for for one point in time, it was all about ass. And then, once I discovered that women like to have their asses played with, then I kind of really, you know, focused in on that as an extra. But I wanted to make sure everything was going to be good because there's still that mental component that you got to get over. Once you get past that, you know, you want to make sure you're going to be good. So a good shower was good. And a lot of the times, you could get enough done in the shower that once you got out of the bed, out of the, the shower, you know, you could probably be going all the way in the intercourse, in the sex, or have to go to the bed. A lot of the times, you know, a round could get popped off right there in the, in the shower or in the, you know, bathroom on the sink, you know, something like that. Once you get to the bed, it's whatever. Now, and most people realize that if you doing a lot in the shower, you're doing a lot in the bathroom, uh, ain't nobody jumping out of the shower to put a condom on. So, you know, I, I was a part of the raw team. Uh, I kept myself tested. I wasn't really going around, you know, hitting um, everything like that. There were a few. For the most part, I did keep condoms too. Even with my girlfriend, I would use condoms. Uh, but there were certain, you know, incidents where, you know, things would just happen. You ain't got time to, um, you know, run and go get a condom. You know what I'm saying? Like if it pop off in the car and you ain't got nothing, you gotta go do what you gotta do. If it pop off, if you done ate an ass, you done ate some pussy good and you in the shower, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know, right then. Duty calls, get to some action. So, I was that type of gentleman. Um, but you know, uh, in this relationship, things had gotten, you know, a little bit relaxed. I think I had started uh, dealing with this chick maybe in like 02. I think it was like 02, on and off, um, you know. And, and I met her when I started working at this organization, at this company. And um, she worked there too, and I would see her, would see her all the time. I would mostly see that ass. And I never really noticed anybody dealing with her. And it was this one dude that I knew that she kind of stayed connected with and that she, um, you know, that, that kind of paid attention to her. And he was a fuck nigga in my eyes, like he really was. And he had, um, I knew another chick he was dealing with. Um, that had said some fucked up shit about him and I was like you know what I'm saying like I kept that in the back of my mind because you know when niggas get territorial you know what I'm saying especially in college when niggas get territorial you know you can cut a nigga you can cut a nigga's ass you can make him feel small as fuck and what I would do was and I had bros you know you know I, I would I would talk to my partner my bros and shit and, and you know let them know like straight up like 
man if we out here you know crossing into folks real estate and niggas got claims on shit you know what i'm saying call a nigga out because we in college bro like unless you you that's your main thing and y'all like exclusively being good to each other and it's serious like that don't come at another nigga about another chick so um knowing what i knew about dude i was hoping one day it would pop off maybe you would catch me looking catch me conversating with her you know doing what i did it never did so i wasn't really too fucked up about it but you know what i'm saying it just never happened so you know i let it go but i knew just after a while that i was going And I, I shot my shot And you know it was good And that was that um, So I never would really see her on campus Like she kind of was in Another area Part of the campus I was in another part of the campus And by that time I'm upper class So I'm pretty much concentrated on You know uh, Business classes You know so I, I'm rarely on the main campus I learned her movements to kind of realize 
once I figured it out, I knew how I could move. I set myself up all over time, but could never overstep her. Now she had a twin sister, and um, I kind of had to learn her movement. My twin sister didn't trust me. Like, I know she didn't trust me. I remember the first time I met her, she had told her sister, like, um, don't get hurt right in front of me. And I just laughed because I'm like, you know what I'm saying? And it was a, it was a, it was a nigga that come down and visit sometime and just you know just a regular nigga that would just get drunk they eventually got married him and her um they had been together since high school funny nigga or whatever but whatever so anyway me and her kicking it we've, we've been kicking it for over a year you know what i'm saying pretty much doing everything she was she was a good rider that she would ride out for a nigga um pick you up you know, just, you know, would kick it real good, like kick it chick. And, um, loved the fuck. Like, had some good pussy. Piss up dick, like, extremely well. Much better than she should been, have been able to. Um, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't understand why niggas couldn't, you know, figure that out or hadn't figured that out. Maybe they had. But, as far as I'm concerned, I didn't let that bother me. So, um, I know we were pretty much into having sex in terms of not using condoms. And it was a few nights she would come through and spend the night in my crib. And, you know, I'd be doing homework and she'd be doing homework. And then, you know, um, she had left a few things at the crib and like a drawer. And I had a nice little drawer and, and she had left some stuff in the bottom drawer. And I remember my little brother had came through for a little while and he was like, he saw the shit and he was like, oh shit, the takeover going now. And I'm like, nah, man. I said, don't, don't sweat that or whatever. But in a way, it kind of was, but I wasn't fucking with it like that. It wasn't bothering me because you know what I'm saying? It gave her a sense of trust and a sense of entitlement, which allowed me to move. So here I am, you know. Um, if this is like 03, and I think I'm like 21, getting ready to turn 22. Um, and um, she comes over one day and she says she's been sick all day long. So I'm like, man, like, that's the first thing I thought. So I'm trying to figure out what the deal is, what the deal is. So we ain't got a pregnancy test. And come to find out, she is pregnant. So, um, it was, it was something that I didn't want to happen. It was, it was something that my father had asked me not to let happen until after I graduated from college. It was something that I was worried about from the standpoint of, um, I didn't want to have happen. So, me and her talked about it, and she had suggested, you know, I don't know if I can tell my parents I'm supposed to be here for school. Like, maybe we need to do something else. Maybe we need to not have the child. Um, and it was it was it was something that for two days I just couldn't deal with. I couldn't deal with nobody. Like I didn't go to class. You know, I just was kind of by myself. I think I remember talking to my older brother about it. And with one of my older brothers, 
talking to him about it. And he was telling me, you know, if you decide to do this, you and her gonna get closer. Y'all gonna have to get closer, but you need to figure out if you wanna do it or don't wait. So I did some research. This is early days of the, of the internet, so you, you kinda had to, goddamn, you could do some type of internet research, you know, find different places. But the closest place that I knew of after researching was Jacksonville, Florida. So I got in touch with them, found out what it was gonna be. Um, and figured out how much the price was gonna be. We had talked about it. She said she wanted to do it. So I'm like, alright. Um, now I'm working. Like I said, I'm not working full time, I'm working part time. I'm going to school, I'm staying off campus, I'm going to be I got, um, you know, rent, I got utility, I got um, alcohol, you know what I'm saying, um, that I got to pay for, you know, shit like that. Just normal shit for a college student. Then you got this big unexpected expense to come up. One thing I will say, that I did is I paid for the entire thing. Um, didn't ask her to go in for nothing. I paid for the entire thing. And um, tried to figure out what I was going to do. Um, so now she's going at it on her own. But she broke down and had to tell her sister, who was a twin sister. And her twin sister, you know, was kind of concerned. And she didn't want to tell her mom, but she told her sister because she was scared. So her sister did come with us when we went. So, oh, back up. To get the money, I um, had to figure out how to do that. The company I worked for would allow you to get a pay advance. Um, and basically, you could get a pay advance, and they would just take that off of your actual pay that was upcoming. So I took the pay advance, got the money, plus some for this and I'm like alright boom so we had decided when we was going to do it we was going to do it like on a Saturday morning we would do it um, and I had worked it out that I was going to be off you know like an entire week which for me well I worked Thursday Friday and then you know was off Saturday, Sunday, then I'd be off until the next Thursday. So I worked it out where I would be off. I would take her and I was going to take her and then she could just spend the weekend with me. I was just going to take care of her and everything make sure it's alright. Now I really don't know too much about it um, and like I said you could do research on the internet back then but it's in the primitive stages. It's not what it was now. Um, so figure out everything that's going on we go down there. Jacksonville probably like what an hour and a half drive. <clears throat> if that hour and a half drive, we get there. It's a very, you know, straight up place. I don't know if it was Planned Parenthood or what it was, but it was one of those type of places like in a shopping center. Um that kinda was off and everything. Looking back now I don't remember like any protesters. Um it was a lot of fucking people in there though when I got there. And I remember she did the paperwork and everything and when she went back her sister went with her. And I think she remember I remember her telling me later that they asked her stuff like, was she being forced to do this? Was she raped? Blah 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 all of that. So anyway, we do it. And um 
I just remember not thinking about what was happening while I'm in the waiting room and I had a personal DVD player right I had a personal DVD player and I remember and I don't know why I didn't have any headphones and I had New Jack City how the fuck just randomly had New Jack City DVD so I remember watching New Jack City in the waiting room with the volume up not too much to disturb the room but enough where I could see it and I remember like people beside me trying to look over the watch and I'm one of them people like man like fuck you like no and I don't I, I don't know why but it was just like that's just shit that I can remember and you know I, at the moment I couldn't understand what was going on so we go through and I remember they said, well, when it was done, they said she was in recovery. They called me and it was like, okay, well, you'll be able to pick her up in a few minutes. We'll call you. You can go out and you can pick her up at the side. She'll come out of recovery and everything. So, you know, a few minutes, they call. I go get the car. We pull her around and pick her up. She got in. I think right as we got in, we kind of pulled around. She said, stop. Open the door. She Open the door and uh, you know I think like then everything hit me as to what the fuck was going on and it kind of fucked with me you know I don't remember talking or anything um, on the way back so we go back hit it back and everything we get back and um, we take our sister drop her off and um, then we head to my place. I still really am not talking about anything when we get back there. So I asked if she wanted something to eat. And she said, yeah. And I couldn't really think of nothing. So I was like, hey, you want, you want to get some Subway? And the crazy thing about Subway is, um, and I'm just thinking about this now, it's fucking crazy. Just hold on to this if you listening to these podcast episodes. Hold on to that because that'll come back and that wow, that's fucking crazy. But anyway, um, so I think I got Subway and got a few more things and go back to the crib. And she took a shower and when I got back, she was actually asleep. So I was like, you know, woke up, told her it was there. You, know, you want to eat Subway because you don't want to get sorry if she had ate. And she cried a little bit. And she said she had cried when she was in the shower. And she don't know if she did the right thing, but it's, she felt like that's what it needed to be done. And you know, I told her, I was like, look, we, we gotta graduate, number one. Um, we gotta know, like, I don't want anything that's in your future, and it not be my fault. And I'm gonna tell you, um, from being a man that wasn't really like a manly thing to do because a lot of what was inside of me and what wanted to have this was the fact that I just couldn't see myself like being with her forever and to that point up until that point as far as me as a person like I felt like if you had a child with somebody you 
you were supposed to be with that person forever because that's what I knew growing up, you know what I'm saying? Like, I knew, like, my parents were together, me and my brother, everything, even though I had other brothers and a sister, like, I knew that, and I knew I didn't want to be with her. I also knew, realistically, that at the age of 21, I hadn't touched near all the pussy that I knew I was going to get, or I was going to want, or seen, you know, places Okay, seen places um, for um, women that I wanted to see, so I had to make a fucking decision. And I remember in a conversation, probably weeks or whatever later, um, I was talking to my mom, and I told her about what was going on, and she was like, well, you know, y'all probably would have had a little girl. And, you know, looking back on that now, um, for a few minutes, that kind of touched me. It got me a little, you know, excited. It got me a little, you know, melancholy. Just because in my family, it wasn't a lot of girls. You know, in my immediate family with my siblings and stuff, um, there was one girl. And at that point in time, it was probably like seven, eight grandkids. Um... And, you know, I always had said that, you know, I wanted a daughter. And I felt like if I did have a girl, I probably would have never had any more kids. But, like I said, it was for the best, you know, that it didn't happen and everything. And I remember after that, our relationship kind of got weird. I remember one night, and me and her, um, after I got off from work, I went over. She was home alone. So we were kind of on the living room floor, and we just kind of had sex right there in the living room. And um, I fell asleep. And I remember waking up. And I was waking up on the living room floor. And I looked over. I wake up. And when I wake up and open my eyes, all I see is her eyes. Like wide open just looking at me. And it was one of those moments where I just closed my eyes. And turned over. Because it scared the shit out of me. That she was just sitting there watching me. Like it scared the literal shit out of me. Um, and I, I don't know if maybe she kind of felt what I felt, but I was feeling like after that, it just didn't feel the same relationship-wise. And I mean, I had a whole nother year that I would be there, and I was getting, I know this is close to the summer now of 2003, because we, we kicked it, we kicked it, and we were kicking on and off, you know, um, until I graduated which would be July of 2004, but I think sometime, like, start of fall 2004, we kind of weren't doing as much, um, and, um, at that point in time, too, my brother had came to live with me, you know, and it's my senior year, and I was fucking wilding, like, I was wilding like a motherfucker, and, um, he was right there along with me, and I just kind of didn't want to do it no more and I was kind of moving to a whole nother level of pussy too to where um you know a few women had hit me and said that's who you you know what I'm saying like it was a few chicks that I was like fucking with and they would find out that that's who I was fucking with and they was coming at me like why you that's so that's what kind of started telling me like I need to move into a whole nother class of pussy um 
but I was fucked up. I was just a fucked up thinking young man back then. And, you know, what what comes out of these stories is a lot of conquest and a lot of greatness for young men and, and for a young man. But that's the reason I call this the karma series because I know the shit comes back. And now having a daughter, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know, like... And it could even be with my sons, you know, shit could come back. But the other side of it is, too, like, you, you, the way you learn is through living. And if I had a chance to do shit over, I'm not going to fucking edit it. Like, you got to live life. But um, it's been so long since I talked to her. Um, I, I think she's somebody I talked about in Doug Sauce also who would come and kind of meet up with me in Lake City and shit, you know, just to have little rendezvous and little fuck sessions. Um, and that would be in, like, that would be in late 04, you know what I'm saying? Um, but after that, it just kind of ended, you know. Um, I don't think I remember me and her going beyond 2004 either. But, um, you know, I hope she's doing all right. hope everything worked out. Last I heard, I think she got married at some point or whatever. Like, I had talked with her younger sister. And her younger sister said, you know, she got married. So I'm like, that's good. You know, I'm good. I, I hope everything worked out. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, it's this real uncut truth. You know, stories are your favorite. Everything ain't roses, man. Everything ain't roses. So, work.